I love you. Hello and welcome back to a very special episode of Green and Faceless on the Couch. I am the Green Traveler from Gorsh. And I am the Faceless Leon, connoisseur of potatoes. Uh, oh, wait. Uh, I've been keeping that a secret. I mean, not a secret. I mean, <laughs> I've been on a diet. I mean, <laughs> welcome to this special episode. Uh, what are we doing today? Fa- uh, I'm faceless. What are we doing today? <laughs> well, today is special because we're talking a very popular and famous ceremony that I, for years, like, the only reason I started a blog way back in the day was because I wanted to talk the Oscars and, like, I don't remember when I started the blog, 2012 or whatever. Right. It's it's this stupid ceremony that means absolutely nothing to everybody. Like, nobody really cares. <laughs> it's just a fun, silly awards thing that people can complain about. I mean, that's what our species is. We're complainers. That's all we want. We want something right. to bitch about. Right. And the Oscars is just perfect for that. Yeah. I'm sure that the people who uh, get nominated and receive these awards... It was pretty important to them. and um, yeah, I mean, they go there and they get dr- free drunk. <laughs> free drunk, yeah. Uh, I mean, they had to buy something black tie, except for Momoa, apparently. Yeah. He, well, I don't think they have to buy it, because I think I think the, the companies throw the clothes at them to sell shit. Oh, that's, So it's just like, wear this, wear this once to the red carpet, you fuck it up, it's yours. You have to pay for it then. <laughs> Maybe. That could be possible, but obviously, but also, typically, these people have made enough money that buying something like that oh, yeah. isn't out of the out of the question. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But nobody's gonna turn down an offer to get free drunk. Nobody's gonna <laughs> offer. Somebody, yeah. somebody else paying for me to drunk. drink endlessly. Are the drinks free at the Oscar ceremony? Oh, I doubt it. I doubt it. They probably have to pay like a thousand dollars per round. But who? Yeah. You know. Hey, I bought the bracelet. Keep on bringing. it's it's just a ridiculous thing that i used to enjoy choosing my nominations for because when when i started doing the blog you know and and the golden globes is just as uh popular in regards to viewership like a lot of people tune in for that i just don't watch television so i've never really cared about the golden globes because they're both movies and tv and I don't know. They have a different they have a different voting style too. Like the Academy is a bunch of actual filmmakers who have been chosen right. into this Academy. And the Golden Globes, I can't remember who it is, but it's just it's just an organization of people. Like it's just it's a single grouping and they don't have to be filmmakers. They could just be accountants or something. Like <laughs> it doesn't feel right to me. I, I, I don't know how I feel about awards really either on, on a on a personal level, but I do I do believe that it is nice to recognize when a film has yeah broken through and been like yeah this this is a damn good movie. Yeah. It seems like they've uh, they have a pretty interesting pool here I think uh, especially with how limited 2020 was uh as far mm-hmm. as movies go. They did expand that into the beginning of 2021 given that some of the, most of the films that were considered were supposed to be released in 2020 anyways. And it, yeah, it's a good list because, you know, for the first time you. theaters were shut down and well, not the first time, but first time in our lifetime, the theaters were That's shut true. down and the Oscars yeah. had to choose from 
from streaming networks you know they, they usually pan streamers uh they just you know it doesn't feel like cinema to them you know they're very snobbish they always yeah. they always appear snobbish i'm sure they're not yeah. i'm sure they're just normal I, people like i'm us, sure but. we've said at least more than once we've complained about old white white men uh, <laughs> in the academy uh but you know i think they are are trying to diversify that because they have gotten so yeah. much flack in the, the past well you decade. know uh I, I believe uh i used to watch critical role and you do you watch critical yes. role um is his name sam i can't remember his sam regal sam regal yes. yeah i believe him and his wife are part of the academy oh I wow think. or wow. maybe his yeah she's maybe a, his she's, wife is uh i believe his wife is she's a director that has gotten a lot of accolades and and he does direct too but i think it's typically voice acting stuff I yeah. just remembered that uh, I can't remember if it was two or two years ago or more than that, but he he mentioned just off chance that he had watched you know a bunch of oh yeah I do actually recall that yeah yeah that's cool yeah that's, that's cool. it's it's just it, it's nice because you know if you're gonna get rewarded at the end of like a long hardworking year you want it to be by your peers you want it to be by fellow right. filmmakers people who right. you know who who watch all of this and are like you know what you impressed me the most this year with what you did in the craft like right you know it's right. just nice and but that said the thing i always love about the oscars is making my predictions and watching them go horribly wrong <laughs> <laughs> yeah you see everybody yeah. goes crazy about march madness and, and filling out their bracket this is my bracket this is what i got <laughs> it's being like yeah <laughs> I've made a bunch of stupid yeah. decisions. They don't mean a thing. I didn't put any money on them, and it doesn't matter if I'm wrong. <laughs> Prove me wrong, Academy. Prove me wrong. I, you know what? I agree. I, I think our, it's no surprise to our audience for me to say that I'm not much of a sports fan. Hmm. But baseball, yeah, I, I would definitely put more more stock in my my picks and predictions in this award ceremony, <laughs> despite what I said just moments ago about awards. Right. But yeah, I do very much believe in this art for the sake of art. Mm. And, you know, sometimes you do get that film that you can just feel that they're really pushing to get into this award ceremony. Yeah, right. But honestly, I did not really get, well, just one film maybe that that we're going to yeah. talk about. Would you say it stars se- seven people? Um, no, actually, that was not the one I was thinking of. I was oh, actually thinking okay. of Mank. Mank, Mank was designed oh, okay. for, for Oscars, I feel like. But it also was great. There is definite Oscar bait feel around it, but I don't think that was the intention. Whereas no. with Trial of the Chicago 7, and it kind of felt like they were like, all right, we got to tell this story in such a way that it's going to impress. You know, it's yeah. like, let's do this. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, it just felt very... They chose they chose very flashy actors and everything for each role, and it's just like That's let's get true. as many big name you know stars in here as many British actors as we can for these. American yeah, it makes like we got Gary Oldman, <laughs> but we're gonna bury him in makeup, and we got we got I can't remember the other late the lady in Mank, Sifri? Uh, it Amanda Sifri? It was Amanda Sifri, yeah. Yeah, and it's just like she also just doesn't even, she doesn't feel like Amanda Sifrin in that movie. It's like they bury her and yeah. her character, and it's just she, yeah, they're you know, good it's, characters. It's, but but it definitely is Oscar Beatty. It just it felt like they they masked it with art, <laughs> and it yeah, was nice. Yeah, <laughs> I could agree with that. I could agree with that. And and also like it was definitely such a call to I I almost said ancient, and I suppose that's appropriate for our age range, uh, Citizen Kane <laughs> movie um sorry dad 
<laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I, I like that movie quite a bit. Uh, and I watched yeah, it, it good. to do the Mank review, as if you guys recall. But anyways, what's, let's jump into it. If not, you can go back and watch our review of Mank. Yeah, yeah, you can, sure can. It was our New Year's episode. So, hell, the trial of the Chicago 7 might have been our New Year's episode, too. I can't recall. Huh. Yeah, that might have been like our let's catch up to Oscar movies. Yeah, I think it was like, let's do three movies from 2020 to be like, hey, 2020's leaving. I think that's what we did. Anyhow, what awards are we talking about? Uh, We're not going to do all of them uh, because we we discussed this earlier. And uh, while we appreciate all the awards that they do on the, the technical aspects of costuming, sound and editing and all that, because, you know, there wouldn't be movies without that shit. We just want to uh, focus what we usually talk about in our show. Uh, and also, you know, we we figured us going into every single award might be a little bit boring for you, Couch Potatoes. So here we are. What are we talking about? Yeah, we're already <laughs> we're already straining with eight, uh, nine. We narrowed it down to nine. Uh, we're going to talk. And it's important also to mention before we list the awards that we didn't catch every single movie that was uh, nominated. Normally, I do try to watch as many of them as I can, but we have such a tight schedule right now that I'm just like, let's not worry about it. We'll catch them up later throughout the year. For sure. But for now, we've watched a good majority of these, I would say. Well, maybe a a major minority. (laughs) And that was stupid. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) <laughs> the awards that I'm going to be talking, uh, we're going to be talking about today, are cinematography, adapted screenplay, original screenplay, animated feature, supporting actor and supporting actress, uh, lead actor, lead actress, director, and best picture. Those are the ones we narrowed it down to. So let's hop into cinematography. Yeah, let's eh? do it. I was trying to count along, and then all of a sudden I had ten fingers up, but I think one of them I was using to count, so I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) We're not drunk or anything. (laughs) No, no. I mean, it it is a award ceremony, so, you know, it's appropriate, I think. Yeah. Anyways, uh, nominated for the best cinematography, if you don't mind, I shall list them off. We have, and I'm apologizing once up front for everybody i may not get names right i'm not gonna say it for everybody though uh, we have feeding papa michael for trial of the chicago seven joshua james richards for nomad land darius wolski for news of the world sean babbitt for judas and the black messiah and eric messerschmidt for mank i think you did pretty good on that round i would say fabulous if, if i may say i I couldn't have done any. You may better. say, you may. Yeah. So, <clears throat> how do you want to do this? Should we maybe just talk our top contenders? Maybe we should mention that we have seen all these movies, except for me at least. I guess you may have seen News of the World, but I have not seen News of the World. No. Yeah, I have not seen it either. I will say, for me personally, there are only two films where the the cinematography stands out for me. And to be fair to the uh, to Sean Babbitt of Judas and the Black Messiah, his cinematography was beautiful, but the actors stood out way more than his cinematography. Oh, the actors! The acting which was amazing. I hate that it overshadows my you know my my judgment on the award, 
But for me, the the two films that the cinematography still stood out amongst everything was uh, Nomadland. Who was that again? Joshua James Richards, right? And Eric Messerschmidt for Mank. Because I mean, yeah. when you go black and white, you're obviously yeah. you're already appealing to me, <laughs> right? And they they had that old film feel with yeah. with the cigarette burns and everything. Yeah, I I think that those were the two that I would have picked as the top contenders. I I honestly, I, you know, we both saw the trial of Chicago seven. I'm not going to say that, uh, Papa Michael, I am not sure if I'm saying that right. I know. Right. It's like, I look at it. It's like, it could be Papa Michelle. Yeah. He definitely did his job, but I recall not enjoying the edit, which that always distracts me from the cinematography. Um, if the edit yeah. is bad, so I I don't know how how I would feel about if I were a part of the academy giving him the award for that. I have looked at stills for News of the World. It's it stars Tom Hanks, uh, and he's bringing this young girl who I guess was lost out on the old west back to civilization. I don't know the story exactly. How nice of him. I know how nice of him. Who knows what's right. going on in that film? Um, <laughs> I, I do want to see this movie, and I did look up some stills for it. And it does look beautiful. I will say that. And you know, westerns typically, you know, if you're going to do a western, you might as well go all in yeah. for the cinematography. I mean, otherwise, what's the point? Right. Exactly. I mean, the the, the beauty of a western is the scenery. Like exactly. just looking at the lay of the land is just exactly. magnificent. So I I could see an upset and that well an upset from what we've seen anyways. <laughs> um, and and the news of the world getting this award. But yeah, I think we already talked about our contenders. Can we say who we think wins this award? Yeah, who who do you choose as the uh victor of best cinematography? I as much as I love all the shots in Nomadland. I love the entire movie. The feel the yeah. feel of Mank is all thanks to the cinematography i that's at least from my opinion i uh, like you you it would not be the same movie if they did it any other way you know it it, ju- it would have just been a movie about a movie <laughs> yeah where this is this is an old movie made in modern times yeah you would have forgotten about it entirely if it wasn't filmed the right. same way I would agree. I mean, the acting, everything about the movie is amazing, but right. the fact that it goes to the length to resemble Citizen Kane is just remarkable. And I agree with you. Eric Messerschmidt gets the gets the award for Mank because, I mean, come on, it's black and white. That's like the yeah. easiest way in my heart <laughs> with cinematography. Like, <laughs> yeah, and you know, it, but the thing is, like you say that but it wasn't just because it was in black and white it is very beautifully filmed and um it is eye candy for sure yeah yeah and and you know just the nostalgic fill with the the cigarette burns and you know i wonder if some theaters did it even manage to go to theaters i don't think it did because the pandemic did it yeah i think it was just straight to netflix well, it would have been cool if it did go to theaters because I could imagine them actually sending reels to theaters to the theaters who ha- still have real projectors, right. and that would have been a cool experience as well. 
Um, so cool. Oh, yeah. We agree that uh, at least the green faceless Oscar for cinematography goes to Meg. I like it. Let's move on to adapted screenplay. Okay, so written by Raman Barani, The White Tiger, Kemp Powers, One Night in Miami, Chloe Zhao, Nomadland, Christopher Hampton and Florian Zeller, The Father, Sasha Baron Cohen, Anthony Hines, Dan Sh- Swimmer, Peter Bainham, Erica, my, my screen's not showing ever their entire name. Oh my <laughs> lord, so many people wrote this. Erica Rivenoha and Dan Mazer, Jenna Friedman, Lee Kern. Oh my gosh. Uh, those, those were the screenplay writers while the story was by Sasha Barakoan. Baron Cohen, excuse me, Anthony Hines, Dan Swimmer, and Nina <laughs> Pedra. Pe- Pedrad. Oh my god. I-, I feel like just a shit person for Thank pronouncing you. everybody. For the film, Borat. Subsequent movie film, delivery of prodigious <laughs> bride to American regime for make benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. God is damn, country. he just loves the... He loves Whew. the credits taking forever, doesn't he? Yeah. Whew. Oh my god. It's hilarious though. So uh <laughs> yeah, here we are with the screenplay. This is one of those where I have seen only two of them. So this yeah, is we, you know, I think I'm right with you. Same two. The two that we have done a an episode prior on. <laughs> we did a sequel smash for the Borat movies, uh uh after it it was nominated and won some Golden Globes. And uh, we've done Nomad Land uh, as well, and yeah, I have I have not done I have not seen the other three movies. The only one that I actually had heard about prior than to nomination was One Night in Miami, yeah, which is which based on sort of awesome. a play. Yeah, it sounds really cool. Um, and I've heard good things about it, but I've also heard mixed things. Like it's like it's. I've heard that it's definitely an ad- adaptation of a play. That's one thing that I've yeah. heard about it. And, you know, I, I love theater. I have a theater background. Um, so I probably would enjoy it. But I do understand that it, it is not always the best transition from from play to, uh, to screenplay. Uh, that yeah. being said, I think it would be pretty cool to see Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali, Sam Cooke, and uh his last name's brown but i lost it uh he a football uh star star <laughs> anyhow that would be cool to watch uh right. it, it is a fictional story but it is you know told about real people and it's that that's just interesting right just a conversation between them and really cool a cool idea that I, d- I didn't know was out there until until right. sadly got nominated i was like well how did this slip onto my radar like i, I mean so many movies last year yeah, that's definitely one I want to catch up on. Yeah, the the White Tiger story uh, seems like it could be interesting. It's a uh, a comedy that I uh, a dark comedy that I know very little about, and the father yeah. is also adapted from a play. Uh, there was a surprising amount of nominations that were adapted from plays, which you know it's really hit or miss whether or not that works. So. 
apparently it yeah. worked this year. <laughs> Probably just from a pandemic standpoint, it might have just been really easy to to film because Maybe. it's like you have a limited limited cast. You already have a script kind of made out for you. You just have to make some tweaks. That that could so be like, it. Maybe it was just yeah, maybe it was just cheap cheap money to toss around while they were trying to figure things out. Right, and uh, the father stars Anthony Hopkins and Olivia Coleman, who um, I know her best from the Crown series. Uh, she's very good yeah. as Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, I haven't watched that, but she's also in Broadchurch um, with yeah. David Tennant from Doctor Who. And yeah. uh, that that show is also showed around by Chris Chibnall, who is the current showrunner of Doctor Who. Love him or hate him, I'm in the middle. <laughs> That's for another day. But yeah, she's an amazing actor. And, she is. Uh, she was part of this uh, this musical cover album that the BBC did for Children in Need, which is an amazing album where they just took a bunch of celebrities and had them do cover songs. And her hers is just beautiful i think it's glory box i believe that's the one that she covered wow. in. yeah i she's don't know that song voice. but that's that's great she's also in a, an episode of the matt smith series of doctor who uh, the the first episode oh. the first matt smith episode actually well not the one where he turned not the one where he regenerates into matt smith at the very end of the episode mm. but the first one with amy pond See, I thought that she was in it, but I didn't want to say that because I hadn't, you know, hadn't right. actually researched to see she was. I was like, I can't say that because I'm not honestly certain. So I just watched you. the episode not that long ago because I've been rewatching. Ah, uh, you're starting my favorite, my favorite moment there. My favorite. yeah, I love that. It's good. It's I mean, really I love cute. David Tennant too, but that first episode's really cute. Anyhow, um, yeah, yeah I could this. see any of these really taking the award, uh, but. Uh, yeah. You know, I would have to say that our bias from actually watching the movies that it would have to be either Nomadland or Borat. But I'm kind of interested yeah. in hearing who you think might take it. I'm honestly not certain who the Academy will choose. I'm choosing right. Nomadland because, you know, Chloe Zhao's film is it's very subtle. It's just it, it's very unique and you know, it doesn't seem like there's much of a, a script here, but there is. There is a story here, and, you know, everything flows right. really well, and it's really just a beautiful insight into a character. And it's it's such a weird movie that I probably won't really watch again. Right. And yet I've still continuously thought about it because it felt like a learning experience. It was really, <laughs> it was really interesting. Yeah, I, I really did enjoy that movie, and, you know, the fact that it, uh, is adapted from a novel is also interesting because right. like we said in the review most of the actors are not professional actors they are people who actually live this lifestyle that's depicted in the movie mm -hmm. uh, and that's really interesting and i i do think that it has a very strong chance of taking that but i i would <sighs> i i really think the commentary in borat was so on point like i mean yeah he pushed that shit out just so it could happen this year before the vote and it it was yeah. it was so aptly timed that like if it's gonna win awards it has to be now and uh, <laughs> i think that it really could win and i think it would be it would be my pick though that being said nomadland or one night in Miami because of what I've heard about it, I think could easily yeah. take it. Or, or even the father, like the father, I just sounds heard. like good Oscar bait screenplay. 
Right. Because uh, I think, I, I don't know if we described the story, but I think it's, I'm not sure honestly, but I think it's about Olivia Coleman taking care of her father while right. he is suffering from uh, Alzheimer's. Yes, yes. Uh, one uh, A review said that it, I'm going to quote it wrong, and I don't know who reviewed it, but they said it was a, uh, the best depiction of dementia they've seen or something like that. Also, I could see, you know, this is about the writing, so I'm not so, you know, I'm not so sure I haven't seen the script, so that's hard for me to say, but I can definitely see Anthony Hopkins playing that role very well. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it definitely just sounds like it's a story that'll move you to tears. Right. So, like, I could see that one winning. And I think, it, but I do think it would be hilarious if Borat wins because I want to, like, have them all line up there, like, all 12 of the writers <laughs> <laughs> just, like, line up yeah. on stage and then, like, Sasha Baron just, like, takes the statue and smashes it into, like, 12 bits and oh, passes it out. No. <laughs> he can only do that if he has the mustache on. yeah well i mean he would definitely yeah he would definitely be probably accept everything in character i would hope it'd be really weird to not (laughs) to to see actual sasha baron cohen (laughs) i mean it does seem like anytime he did anything about borat he was as borat but yes let's do uh original screenplay we have judas and the black messiah written by will burson shaka king story by will burson and shaka king and kenny lucas and keith lucas promising young woman by emerald fennel or fennel i think i made that distinction last time too (laughs) who by the way is uh i guess it was just announced she's gonna direct zatanna which is really exciting because that is really exciting Definitely. I love that. Yeah, I love that the DC DC's like, eh, fuck it. We're just gonna do everything now. <laughs> just, we don't know what. But the hell for we're real, doing. they have such like like some of the uh, characters that people don't really know about are super interesting in in that universe. So yeah, I'm yeah. happy that they are doing it because like there's there's very low expectations uh, except for from the fanboys. <laughs> yeah, my. My opinion, uh, I'm sorry I derailed us yet again, but my opinion on That's what they're right. doing is they're just going to put out a buttload of different universe movies. So it's like Batman's going to take place in this world and like the next Superman will take place in, you know, world three or whatever. And so they'll they'll build up like a bunch of different movies and then just do a huge crossover crisis. Oh event my God, and just be like, that'll, that'll be there. Uh, yeah, that movie. That'll be, be their big universe endgame movie. And it's like oh, all the geez. actors can play three different versions of themselves. All right, <laughs> back to back to this though. Uh, the next movie is Minari by Lee Isaac Chung or Chung. Sound of Metal, written by Darius Martyr and Abraham Martyr. Story by Darius Martyr and Derek Cyan France. Nice. And the Trial of the Chicago Seven. Aaron. Sorkin, good job. We did it. That was my best, like, yeah, my best, like, MC voice. <laughs> just like nice <laughs> pronunciations. Yeah, you did very good. I did worse because yeah, no. I had to pronounce names I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> of this, uh, I believe I speak for both of us. The only ones we haven't seen are Minari and Sound of Metal. Uh, right. The only thing I know about Sound of Metal is it stars Riz Ahmed, 
who is apparently going to play Carnage. I don't know if that's still happening or not. Hmm. Interesting. Um, in the Sony in the Sony Venom verse, he was going to play Carnage. I don't know if that's still going okay. on though. Yeah, who knows? Who knows um, what's going on with that? Um, it, it's I, a very I, weird I, choice because I don't think he looks like a good beefy villain but i guess i guess the original carnage is like a skinny dude so who knows yeah i recall him being a skinny dude but uh he he what i what i saw from the trailer for this which is about a a heavy metal drummer who's who's going deaf uh but he still wants to continue playing music uh and it looked really good and i remember seeing the trailers for it for a long time and i and i don't know maybe the pandemic came up and that's why we never went to go see it uh but i that is definitely one i want to catch up on because it sounds really interesting it also it was nominated for the sound award and i could definitely see it taking that away because those metal guys they know a thing about sound <laughs> i'll tell yeah. you <laughs> yeah but anyhow for this uh i would say man the the main contenders would have to be judas and the black messiah and promising young woman and i i could i could see minari being up there and maybe surpassing these other two because a24 they got some great shit oh yeah and it it sounds like a very intriguing film too like right normally there's normally there seems like a very genre artsy focused Mm -hmm. film and it's always it's always intriguing always enthralling and i love it like they're one of my favorite production companies one of our favorites i guess yeah yeah i, yeah, I, I like I'm them i'm really them. certain i'm surprised we missed this one and, actually um i don't know if it yeah, was know, streaming and, somewhere or, or not like that's you know kind of, that's kind of the mission of our show is to to talk about movies that you can access pretty easily or ones that are in the theater so maybe yeah. maybe it just we didn't cross our 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 streaming lists or something yeah but it it's definitely on there now because like i want to watch it because it's about a Korean American family moving to Arkansas and just like how that, you know, how that affects their, their relationship with each other and how they, it's also in the 1980s. Yeah. And yeah, it just sounds really uh, just interesting to me. And it stars yeah. Stephen Yun and he's, he's in a, I think he's in the walking dead, but I read a, a fan theory a long time ago that it was like who would be the best actor to play nightwing in dc and nightwing is the he's the first robin for batman dick grayson yeah and he's my favorite comic book character and everybody was throwing out all these like buff white guys and i'm just like yeah they'd be okay but i don't like them like you know it's it's whatever and then somebody yeah. mentioned steven young and i'm like yeah because he has that energy he has that uh just that quirky uh, quippy wit about him uh, like i mean uh, from what i've what i've seen in his acting that is and he does look like a great you know like a hero if you would put like a him in a clothing if you would just beef up he has to beef up as the thing but like right because that, that's all that's all nightwing is is he's he's just as he's smart as keep batman his agility though he's gotta keep his agility yeah uh yeah i mean but that's nightwing he's a he's a quipster he's witty he's just you know he's he's been batman before and very successfully like he's you know he's a great superhero with a lot of heart and humor and i think steven you could pull that off he's been my like if if they ever actually bring him into the the cinematic universe or whatever the dc's calling it 
the DCEU. I don't think they have. A, you know what? Okay, I was going to say I don't think they've done Nightwing before, but I'm recalling at the very end of, I think it's called Batman and Robin, at the very end of that, he's like, I'm Nightwing now. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, it is It is Chris O'Donnell, because yeah. he, he played Dick Grayson in those two movies, or right. three movies, maybe. I can't I remember. I think it's just two. Um, I think it's just two. Just two. And... You know, they did Tim Drake and uh, the Christopher Nolan films. Well, sorry, Tim or Jim Blake or whatever his name was. It's oh, Joseph yeah, Gordon-Levitt. yeah, just yeah, okay, yeah, they, they did. Yeah, his name was like I think his name was actually like Todd Blake. I don't know. It was really weird. It, was, it, it just rhymed, it, and then at the end they're yeah. like, his middle name is Robin. <laughs> it's just like shut, shut the fuck up, Chris Nolan. Oh, it's so uh, well, I hope you potatoes are enjoying these nerd tangents because we are. Yeah, sorry, but I think I got there from Inari. Yeah, we, we did. <laughs> But I agree. You did. You did say that the top two contenders were Judas and the Black Messiah and Promising Young Woman, and I agree with you there. Yeah. And I guess just to speed it up, I'll go ahead and give my choice. I, I choose Judas and the Black Messiah. Like Promising Young Woman was a very close second because there's right. a great message there. I really love what Emerald Fennell is doing, but the, and that that ending that pisses me off pisses me off in a way that I continuously think about it and it still is like right. something that upsets me that is true about reality but, but i don't know judas and black messiah was just freaking brilliant that blew like, my <laughs> mind that fucking movie blew my yeah. mind for sure i love that movie i want to watch it again and it was hard to watch what you know i did get that same feeling for different reasons from uh promising young woman though too so I'm really, really torn about it. If we have, if I'm, if I'm deciding to choose against the two movies that we have definitely seen, which is, which seems fair, uh, you know, given that I haven't seen Minari, uh, but it does sound yeah. like a very good film. Yeah, I don't know. Um, okay, here, here's the thing. Because I know I'm gonna give Judas and the Black Messiah some, some some other things later i i think i'm gonna go with promising young woman because i was super oh. impressed with the the script of that that movie um yeah. and and i think that the screenplay seems so awesome in judas and the black messiah because the performances were so awesome and like yeah. really there wasn't a, a stale performance in the movie there was no not at all I think that's, that's how we're going to go for I like split. I like it. Uh, let's move on to Best Animation. Best Animated Feature. I know one. Uh, actually, I know two because I remember you told me the other one. Uh, this is the one where I am at my least... Uh, I'm at my most embarrassing, I would say, because and I feel bad about it because I love anima animations. Right. And we used to have a, a night where we had an anime night where we would all just get together and watch anime film, an anime film. And I want to get back to doing that. It's just right. really hard to do in, in this time time that we're living in. We don't really focus too much on animation for the show. And maybe, no. maybe we'll figure out a way to do that. But, it, you know, we, we do have a pretty busy schedule as it is. Yeah, I mean, maybe in the future if, you know, if we're able to, if I'm able to cut down the part-time if everybody starts uh if you all support our patreon which we'll talk about in a second yeah, but uh yeah. it 
Yeah, if, if, if I was able to go back to part-time, we might be able to offer an anime, like maybe a bi-weekly episode or something. <laughs> Do yeah, like an anime see. night and discuss an anime film. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be nice, cool. like showcase something. But yeah, it, best anime, or best animated film, feature <laughs> films. You want to you wanna take that away for us? Yeah, sure. Uh, so first we have Onward by uh, Dan Shanlin and Corey Ray. Over the Moon. Glenn Keane, Jeannie Rim, and Pylon Chow. The, uh, pardon me, wrong article. A. Sean the Sheep movie, Farmageddon. Richard Phelan, Will Becker, and Paul Keeley. <laughs> I see you there trying not to laugh out loud. <laughs> It's just the dumbest name ever. It's Sean the Sheep movie, Farmageddon. I love it at the same time, though. Uh, I think I commented before we started recording, it sounds like I titled it. I title all our episodes, so if you guys find that annoying, you can let us know in the comments. Um, (coughs) Soul. (laughs) Pete, Doctor, and Dana Murray. Oh, oh shit. I've seen two of the movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, you have. Uh, Wolf Walkers is the last film. Tom Moore. What'd you call me? Wrote a Wolf Walker. You better believe it. Oh. <laughs> Tom Moore, Ross Stewart, Paul Young, and Stefan or Stefan Roelance. Yeah, I was. I, I forgot that Soul was nominated. I didn't even notice that, I don't think. Man, that that kind of changes things for me. I have to think on it, but yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, obviously, I hate that it comes down to just two movies for me because I haven't seen the others, and I'm sure they're all great. Right. Uh, you mentioned before we before we started recording, you mentioned that uh, a Sean the Sheep story, Farmageddon is a claymation, and right. you know, mad respect for claymation. That takes a lot of fucking work, and it's one of my favorite things to watch uh someday someday you and i will probably try to dabble in it and it might be oh, hilarious yeah. the results it'll, it'll probably fail spectacularly <laughs> that's what we're great at <laughs> but yeah it for me it comes down to soul and onward and they're good choices boy. and there are the ones i've seen yeah, they too are. but i will say uh i have seen a trailer for over the moon um it seemed that this is just based off the trailer. So, uh, you know, I, I beg your pardon for my opinion, which is probably not based in anything, the, uh, the merits of your film. But Over the Moon just seemed a little bit on the childish side for my taste. Uh, but it does look like a fun movie. And I, I'm sure I will watch it eventually because honestly, me and my wife, like to watch animated features that you know aren't gonna hit you too too terribly hard in the the real life feels like sometimes they have you know really good uh heart feels in there and and really do hit you pretty hard but at the end of the movie you know you're not gonna leave it feeling uh like you hate the world for me i love i love anime i love animation it's something i just enjoy to watch but for me the perfect experience is watching it with other people right i live alone 
And the, the best person to watch those kind of movies with, in my opinion, is our good friend uh, Ron Vald the Scald. Hell yeah, uh, he lives. Yeah, he lives hours away, sadly. But you know, every time when I watch a, a a movie with him, an anime or an animation film, God, it always just seems like a much more thrilling experience than you know just watching it on my couch alone. Like I, we've watched. I'm sorry to make this so long. Gosh, we're already 47 minutes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Shit. Uh, we'll get there. But anyways, um, yeah, we watched Your Name and, oh, God, the, a bo- Boy and Bear. Boy and His Bear. Something uh, like that. I think it's the, the, the Beast and the, the Boy. The Bear and the Boy. The Beast and the Boy. Right. I think that's right. I think that's right. And, like. You know, th- those great. are just such thrilling experiences with him. And I'm sad someday I'll someday I'll try to watch Soul with him. But personally, I'd rather watch Onward with him because Onward is the you know it's the film that reminds me of the brotherly love we all share. I'm getting yes, so cheered up. Yes, and it is very much D and D inspired. Which you know I'm. I, I mean, you know, our culture has changed so much. I mean, they've had movies that are based in D and D, but like. Some of those movies demonize the game, yeah. especially like in, in the 80s and stuff. And this is just like has that pure like bl- brotherly feeling that you actually get when you're playing a game at the table with your friends. So I, I agree with your choice on the fact that I personally love that movie. But honestly, yeah. I do think the award will probably go to Wolfwalkers. Uh, and here's why. I've only ah. seen trailers of Wolfwalkers. But I've seen its two previous, it's not a trilogy, but it is a run of three movies that these group of artists were doing together. I've seen the previous two, and they are some of the most heartfelt, heart-wrenching animations I've ever seen. Those films are The Secret of the Kells and Song of the Sea. They're both fantastic if you can find them on your streaming sites. Uh, I recommend watching them. They're calling it, it's Moore's Irish Folklore Trilogy. I went ahead and found that for us. Uh, Wolfwalkers is on Apple TV. That's something we don't really have access to uh, right now as it stands, but maybe we'll change that in the future. And so I really think just based off those other two films that were just amazing, that this last film probably will take it. And I've been wanting to see it since it came out, but I just... You know, I didn't want to put money into uh, Apple TV at the time. Unless we're getting paid. (laughs) I'll try it here. Yes, today today we launched our Patreon page. If you feel so inclined to please uh, financially support our show, we would be very appreciative if you would visit patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. We have several tiers for you to choose from we we appreciate anything that you our couch potatoes are willing to offer us but for a five dollar pledge you can become a real couch potato make the title official yes every tier comes with a vote to pick a threesome for our new monthly patreon pick now, that first pick won't be until May, the first Thursday of May, the episode will be at $10 a month, Sofa Spuds, but you will also be able to recommend what that threesome might be for that month. Uh, so uh, as long as well as the vote, you also, for this tier only, 
get a miniature print exclusive to just our sofa spuds what a stud you spud isn't that nice it is nice so <laughs> next we have the love seat tubers for 25 dollars a month uh this is we understand this is a a very this is probably a pretty big pledge uh and we would greatly appreciate it and so much so that if you pledge to us uh, for three months, we will send you a Green Faceless T-shirt. Wear us. Wear us on on your sh- on your on your your man flesh, or woman flesh, whatever. Expose <laughs> us to the world so the government yes. is forced to recognize yes, us yet again. That's right, so they can recognize us. Please and thank you. I I feel like I must backtrack that exclusive mini print for the sofa spuds. That is, if you donate or pledge for three months. And lastly, we have. Die Couchkartoffeln. It sounds intense, but they're just potatoes. You get everything that we have described so far, except for that print, as well as a mug with our mugs, or lack thereof, on it. (gasps) Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. So uh, be sure to check it out. And other great ways to support the show is to uh, write, review, or rate us on Apple Podcasts, subscribe where you, or follow where you listen to your podcast, and we appreciate you guys so much, and thank really you so do. much. So You can also check us out at our Facebook page, just search Green Faces on the Couch, and you can also check out the FictionWorks19 Instagram page. All right, back to the awards. Back to it, baby. <laughs> We're finally at the biggest snub of the night with the supporting actor category. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so agree. here's why. Um, I'll just list them and then we'll we'll talk to the big snub. Uh, for supporting uh, actor, we have Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield, both from Judas and the Judas Black and Messiah. The Messiah. Sasha Baron Cohen from trial of the chicago seven uh leslie odom jr for one night in miami and paul racy for sound of music uh sound of metal sorry not it might be rachi metal rachi it might be so uh it's a snub because i mean i don't know if you guys watched judas and the black messiah but lakeith stanfield is 100 percent the leading actor in that film for and i'm sure no, I get it. I understand. Uh, you know, we looked into it a little bit, and how it how it works is the producers submit the film to be nominated for Oscars, and then the Academy decides what categories that film gets nominated for if they choose if they want to choose to nominate it. And so, I understand that there might have been confusion among the voters when they watched this film because. You know, Daniel Kaluuya's presence does drive a lot of the movie. It does, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, it's it's Lakeith Stanfield's character who is the central focus. Like, Yes, he is the protagonist of the film. Yeah, the framing point of the film is, is you know, that interview with him. Yes, <laughs> and I think what the biggest snub about it is, is that now they're competing with each other for the same award. Yeah. Where... Uh, honestly i would have loved to see them to have the ability to both go home with an award because they both had an outstanding performance yeah for real they did and such performances that 
for me personally, they're the top contenders. I I, I like Sasha Baron Cohen. I agree. And as we've talked about, I haven't watched Sign of Metal or One Night in Miami, but I'm sure both of those performances are amazing. But yeah. what Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield put forth is just freaking brilliant. Easily the best performances of the year for me. And so it's it's hard to choose just one of them, but I have to choose Daniel Kaluuya. If only for the magnificence in his voice training. His, you yeah. know, he, he just became this character. You know, just the power in his speeches was just riveting. Like, and I feel real right. bad because Lakeith Stanfield definitely deserves this award too. Definitely. I don't know. It, it's it's Kaluuya's performance that stuck with me the most from that movie. I'm, you know, I... <sighs> I can't agree more 100% with everything that you said. I really wish that Lakeith Stanfield had gotten nominated for lead actor because I may have had, that might have been my choice for lead actor. But to compete for the same award with Kaluuya, it really just, it, well, it really wasn't fair to both gentlemen. But no. like you said, Kaluuya just did so amazing in that role. And, and I really hate to say it because i don't want to downplay what lakeith Stanfield did in that film because it was amazing but yeah right i think we agree stamp done <laughs> bam moving on to uh supporting actress or supporting female lead uh we have maria bakalova for borat i'm not saying the full title because i don't yep. have it written down yeah that's good <laughs> uh glenn close for Hillbilly Elegy, right. Olivia Coleman for The Father, Amanda Sifried for Mank, hey, I was right, and Yun Yejung for Minari. Yes, we've, we've only seen two of these films. I guess we've talked about two of them as well, but I also have not seen Hill, Hillbilly Eulogy. It has been on my list because it looked very interesting yeah it, it, it kind of reminded me of uh, people in my family which i'm not trying to say <laughs> anything against my family or the way i was raised uh that it just kind of had that uh, a nostalgic pull for me for that i would say that i, I was raised pretty hillbilly and that's okay it is okay <laughs> uh but given that I just know Glenn Close is such an amazing actor that I would say that my two leading would be honestly Maria Bokalova and and her. I know I haven't seen her performance, but if I were to pick two, I think those would be the to the two top runners because my god that Borat performance man like oh, yeah, man. it it was insane i would differ from you very slightly i do agree that glenn close is an amazing actor and i i absolutely believe that you know she earned that performance but i've seen quite a few negative reviews for that um not like super negative just more like meh it was sure that movie was all right and but everybody did praise her performance but it didn't seem like it lifted the film very much for a lot of people besides just being the only surviving thing of it for me i would say and and i feel bad for amanda sifried uh she kind of disappears in that film when i think about mank sadly she falls off for me i would say it's between maria bakalova and olivia coleman for the father just because i you know i love olivia coleman she's one of my favorites she is great i would say she's probably the top contender i don't know i feel like uh common denominator for the two of us is my victor because (laughs) i love maria bakalova in that movie 
she is so good. I think she, I mean, there was a reason why he didn't get nominated for Borat this year because she way outshone him, really. Oh, yeah. And like he, but like, though he did such a good job. Yes, he did such a good job in that movie, too, especially propping up this this actor as his daughter. It was it was very yeah. good. Honestly, kind of a very sweet story, twisted as fuck, but a, a sweet story. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm glad we agree yeah, I on just, that. Yeah, because I love her, and I'm I'm really excited to see her continue on because yeah, she just yeah. went all out for this movie. For and sure. For sure. It like made it hilarious. Like I I don't know that I want to just see her in comedy over and over again. She's super funny. No, no. But I'd love to see yeah, what else I think she, she can do. Yeah, yeah. I think she has a great range, but it's like whenever whenever I think about her right now, all I can remember is that dance scene. <laughs> and it's just Oh man, she killed it. She's she's uh yeah, she wins for me easy. Uh let's move on to the next one is lead actor. Would you Lead like to take it away? I would love to. We have Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal, which I have heard that was great. Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Anthony Hopkins, The Father. Gary Oldman, Mank. Stephen Yoon, Minari. So, if I could yes. go ahead for my top noms. I, I imagine Anthony Hopkins' performance is amazing. And yeah, I've heard I would... really good things about Steven Yoon and about Riz Ahmed. Gary Oldman is the only one that we saw. It was a good performance. It was a good performance. Oh, yeah. But I really think, I, I guess this is really me given who I think it will be uh, since That's I don't right. saw one. I think it will be Chadwick for Ra- Ma Rainey's Black Bottom because I've heard super good things about Ma Rainey's. It's been on my list for a long time. Uh, I put it on my list and then very shortly after learned about Bozeman's passing. Very sad to hear it uh, because he's very talented and he was really just getting started. It felt like that story of him just fighting through cancer and keep on giving some wonderful performances. Yeah, This is his last and I don't think that it will just be from a sympathy vote because I've heard such great reviews about the movie. And he, I also just know he's a very talented man. I'm in total agreement. And, you know, I hate that some people would call it a sympathy vote because it's just it's more of just an an honoring a legacy. Sure. Because, you know, everybody so many people know him for Black Panther. That's what brought him to so many people's eyes. But before that, you know, he was in that... Uh, was it a James Brown movie? Yes. Get on. What was that uh, movie? Yeah. Get on up. That James Brown movie. Get on up. And you know, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, obviously. But for me, there's one performance that's it's so subtle because it's just a supporting character, and it got so snubbed at this year's Oscars, which was *The Five Bloods*, a Spike Lee film. It, it, he was in that movie, and it, it's such a just great. It's a great movie. It's it's very deep, very emotional, and it's it, you know it's about war. Was that 2020? I believe it was. I, I mean, it could have. It could have been earlier, 2019, I guess. But either way, it still was not. I don't believe it was nominated for Oscar, so it was snubbed somewhere along the line. But it, it's such a great movie, and he has such a small part in it. But his, his performance was brilliant, and yeah, you know, it's very, it's very sad that he passed so early. And and I would just love to know that he he got one. 
you know that yeah. too that too yeah all right well that brings us to actress in a leading role so yes. uh would you like to read these off for sure uh we have andre day and the united states versus billy holiday uh viola davis for ma rainey's black bottom vanessa kirby for pieces of a woman carrie mulligan for promising young woman and francis mcdormand for nomadland and we haven't seen ma rainey's or pieces of a woman both no. sound like amazing performances but for me i lift the other three up yeah i mean they were so good they were all three of them were amazing yeah. i would say though just just because i pointed it out earlier ma rainey's black bottom and pieces of a woman are both adaptions from a stage play yeah even more noms for that particular type of movie and yeah i just feel like you don't see that very often and also pieces of a woman was only on stage just in 2018 like that was a quick turnaround oh wow yeah really yeah so it must be good that that playwright's like hell yeah (laughs) yeah right in two years right but i because we've only seen these performances and we've seen three of them and we know they were so strong i do agree that we'll probably choose from there man it 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 is a tough one but i think i know who i want do you know who you want i do and i honestly i don't i hope i'm not impeding upon your vote but i think we could easily narrow it down to two um i think we can narrow it down to francis mcdormand and andre day i think you're right Um, I think you're right. I did okay, love fabulous. Carrie Mulligan's uh, performance, but I, I yeah, agree with you. She is amazing in that role, and she she brings everything to the table that that film needed it to be. But I think Frances McDormand and Andre Day delivered a very unique characters. And do you want to go first with your sure, your pick? I'll go first. You know, it was hard for me though. This performance was really the only thing that I took away from this movie, as we said in the episode that we talked about it. I have to give it to Andre Day. And I think I even said it when we were talking about it. That performance just blew me away. And I, I loved Frances McDormand's performance, too. I really thought she was going to get it before I saw uh, Andre Day. I, but she just portrayed yeah. Billie Holiday so well. And her singing was amazing. And she just... And, you know, that unfortunately, we talked about this, that movie really focuses on one thing over and over again, but she still brought it like every single Yeah, time. she definitely did. So for me, you know, I think I think the Academy will agree with you. I think the Academy, the, they, they always seem to love reenactments of sure. of celebrities that's their that's their go-to is like how did you take this person's life and reenact it because that's true acting uh that's that's it's beautiful but it's also true acting to create something oh yeah not necessarily original but to build up a character and i have to choose francis mcdormand i have to because he is a beautiful character i mean as we said andre day her performance is phenomenal it went above and beyond everything that film was and it's it's the only thing that really stuck with me after that film was her performance, but it didn't, in my opinion, it didn't carry that movie into into beauty. Sure. Whereas Frances McDormand's performance was just another perfect piece of the puzzle for that. Yeah, that's a good question. Could could that movie be done without Frances? But yeah, at least not the same way. No, yeah, because it's because everything that's so intriguing about that film without that powerful drive behind it that that just that simplicity of of her character really uh without it it's just 
you know, it, it it's hit or miss. It might not have worked, but right. yeah, she did she did something remarkable. So I think it's I think it's good that we we covered the board there. <laughs> I think so I think so. All right, let's move on to directing then. Yes, sir. In directing, we have a, a movie that we haven't talked about yet, which is kind of surprising. Another round, directed by Thomas Vinterberg, Mank, David Fincher, Minari, Lee Isaac Chung. Nomadland, Chloe Zhao, Promising Young Woman, Emerald Fennell. And uh, another round is about a group of teachers who do an experiment uh, in drinking while they work uh, uh, to see if they enjoy it better because they they feel stuck in life. And apparently it was directed really well. I don't know. It has Mad Mickelson. Mickelson. Mads Mickelson. And we love Mads. Is it a comedy? Uh, it is. Uh, I guess it's kind of okay, a dark good. comedy, probably. Comedy drama, I think, is what it was called. <laughs> Which, you know, whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> I th- Yeah, I think it's easy to say that the three we watched, we're going to choose from, probably. Sure. Uh, I hope Minari, like, I really do hope Minari is so good that it proves right. us wrong in a lot of these categories. Right, yeah. We haven't seen, so. Exactly. So it, I feel bad that we're not choosing it for anything, but that, that's why. We haven't watched it, so we don't know much about it. I'd say it comes down to Chloe Zhao and David Fincher for me. Uh, Emerald Fennell did a great job. It delivered a message. It still rings in my head. But David Fincher delivered this weird, perfect little package yeah. for another film. Yeah. You know, it's just like, it's just a subsequent novel almost that it's just like, yeah, it didn't need to happen. But what it did was so amazing that I, I, I loved everything about it. And then Chloe Zhao just delivered this weird, unique thing that is Nomadland. I, I like your choices. Like we said just a moment ago it was between the three that we had seen for us uh but i think i'm gonna go the other way at least mm-hmm. when it comes to mank i really thought while that movie yes it was beautifully directed i thought just the whole package the promising young woman was emerald fennell's baby i mean yeah you know, she she got she got it from from script to to finish so uh as 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 well as uh chloe zhao and i and i as somebody who has attempted that it hasn't come out yet but (laughs) (laughs) um i really appreciate that someday um it's really like just so close but anyways i digress i'm between nomad land and promising young woman and i think i'll go ahead and give my choice for that and that is nomad land just so well directed i mean the fact that almost no one is an actor almost no one is an actor and they got these amazing performances out of them Um, and and, you know it could just be them telling their lives yeah it felt so real felt so fucking real i loved it yeah i i'm giving i'm giving it to nomadland yeah and i struggled for a very long time on this one because i want to give it to both of them because it's like what david fincher did was just it's a beautiful story, you know. It's it like is. I think it was his dad who wrote it, and you know he he his wow. dad passed away, and he worked really hard to get it made. Maybe his dad hasn't passed away. I don't remember, but he, like you know he he's worked really hard to get this this film for so long, and it, it's kind of like a just like a it's a good script, but it's just kind of like a meh movie that is brought to life through through the directing and through the performance, and right. you know it's, just, it's it's very unique. But yeah, there, I don't know. There's just something about chloe zhao's movie that I know, just still so i don't know why i liked it so much because it's like i don't think i would like it you know in in most uh 
most other sittings. You know, I don't know if I could honestly sit through it if, like two or three more times. Sure, but sure. like I'm, I definitely, I definitely will somewhere down the line. But she really draws you in, both Francis and yeah. and and Chloe. They both draw you in, and like nothing really happens in the movie. <laughs> I know, and that's <laughs> but it's so good. Yeah, that's why it feels so weird wanting to choose her over David Fincher because you know Fincher made a story. He made like this whole package that's just very conventional, very pleasing, and then hers is just so uniquely weird. But I, I have to choose her. Like it's it's still stuck with me, even if I'm not gonna go back and watch it anytime soon. It's it's still on my mind in ways that Mank isn't. Right. So Chloe Zhao gets it. Wow. And with All that right. said, we're uh, we're to the big boy or girl. The last baby. Let's say that every film is a baby. Yeah. And somebody's baby. Okay. <laughs> All right. So do you want to read through this or shall I? Let's let's uh, let's, let's go do... one and one. Yeah. Let's, let's do, do it... this together. Do it together. We're not gonna name off the produ- We're not gonna name off the producers. So I like that. Let's I'm not do that. Worry about All that. right. You name off a movie. Yeah, it's I'll just name off it's a movie. just about the film. Just right. about the films. I like that. The Father. Judas and the Black Messiah. Minari. Mank. Nomadland. Promising Young Woman. The Trial of the Chicago Seven. And Sound of Metal. And the winner goes to... There you no, it. let's talk about our contenders <laughs> first. <laughs> Start getting the drum roll going. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's really hard. There are so many good ones. When I choose the best picture, for it typically is, is it rewatchable? Am I going to sure. go back to it really soon? Am I going to go back to it, you know, years from now? You know, and then over, the overall package in and of itself, obviously, and the timeliness of it, the impact of it. Right. You know, does it have a huge message for the time or a huge message that will last for decades from now? So, yeah, it, it was hard because you have a lot of films that touch upon each one of those. Right differently but it, it came down to personally even though i really love nomadland and i love how uniquely packaged it is hmm. for me it did come down to judas and the black messiah and mank okay because i really do like mank again it's just it's, it, it's just a weird little subsequent film to I citizen kane love it citizen kane's yeah. a great movie like i mean we we watched it for that new year's special and we both walked away like maybe i chose oh i chose onward as my favorite movie of the year but right. mank was a close second and it was, I think you chose Mank as your your I favorite movie because Mank. I mean we hadn't seen right yeah we hadn't exactly. seen some of the other films by then you know Judas and the Black Messiah Nomadland they came later so like obviously it changed our opinions after the fact but you know after that first performance we were just both wowed by it yeah but the timeliness and impact of Judas and the Black Messiah on top of its rewatchability makes that my my best picture of the of the Oscars I I love it I love your choice I. If I may just jump right off of that, I differed with you a little bit. I was between Judas and the Black Messiah and Nomadland. I really thought that movie was just so freaking good. And I, I, I almost wish that I didn't like Andre Day's performance so much because France, Francis was so good. Everything about that movie was so good. But man, was I blown away by Judas and the Black Messiah. I have to give it. Yeah, I, that's that's my choice for the best picture is Judas and Black Messiah. And it's unfortunate yeah. they got that snub on on the leading roles. And you know what? Whatever. We I guess I get it. Yeah. But yeah, we'll look past it. Best picture. Yeah. And I'm remembering just now a snub that I wanted to talk about that yeah. uh, but I think both of us wanted to talk about, but we just like, sadly, just blew right past it, was in the lead actress category, 
Zendaya. Where the fuck was Zendaya? Yeah, Zendaya was really good. Um, you know, and I'm just hoping that these other women from the films that we have not seen, their yeah. performances really outshone them. I'm I'm really hoping because Zendaya was yeah, really good. I'm sure good. they did. If she wouldn't have won up against the other people that we talked about. Right, right. Uh, I th- but she, yeah. she did such a great performance with uh, Malcolm and Marie that, yeah, I just... Right. I'm sure right. that the other the others were just absolutely brilliant. But I'm still. sure. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> that was... Yeah, I, I think I think if anything, like her and Carrie Mulligan's performance might have been comparable, but really just that that whole movie was much better than Malcolm and Marie. So yeah, what it def- yeah it definitely was. But yeah, that's uh, that's been the Oscars. Yeah, a thirty minute show that. <laughs> where we expected it <laughs> and now Oops. it's an hour and some later but i hope it was entertaining i hope it was hope a lot so. of fun i hope so i'm excited to see how the voters just absolutely destroy yeah. us yeah for sure if you disagree with us uh on our choices uh you know it's all a matter of our opinion art's subjective uh you can comment about it if yeah. you'd like we'd love to see your comments and response to them yeah um and yeah i think that's it beep bop bibbity do until next year and again, uh, we have a Patreon up, so if you if you feel so obligated, go ahead and head on over there and, and check out the tiers and see if you're interested in some merchandise. Hell yeah. I've been the Green Traveler. And I am the Faceless Leon. Love you, couch potatoes. Safe travels, and good night. Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of Fiction Works 19. If you like the show, please show your support by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Like, follow, subscribe, wherever you might listen. We also now have a Patreon account. If you feel so inclined to support us in a financial manner, please become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. You can also find more information about us on our Facebook account or on the FictionWorks19 Instagram account. Thank you so much for listening.